Today's the last uh, installment or the last teaching from our series entitled WWW. It's not the World Wide Web. Corey prophesied the first week that it would be worldwide worship. <laughs> I think it's uh, transitioned us into that. I feel uh, the people of the bridge are leaning into God and seeking Him while He may be found. That we're paying attention. So we talked about watching. We've talked about waiting. But today I want to talk about walking. We talked a little bit about this in week one, and we went through several verses about walking and how that there's lots of verses and lots of individuals, and we, we talked about Abraham and his walk with God, and we talked with, about Moses and his walk with God and the things that God brought them through. And the promises that he fulfilled in our lives. And the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. What he did for them, he will do for you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Some of those stories had some messes in them. Some of them had some situations that cause us to see and know that God helps us even when we fail. Even when we fall short, all he's asking you to do is come clean. And Abraham came clean with God. He created some messes. Some of them pretty major. For one, he pimped out his wife. Not once, but twice. That's a mess. He was afraid in the situation and concocted a plan that he wanted to fulfill. And that's how he thought he could keep himself safe. Look at your neighbor and say, don't pimp out your wife. God can handle it. <laughs> Chris told me a few weekends ago he was reading that verses through Genesis and come across some of the stories and he said, man, that's kind of rated R. <laughs> it is. It's in the Bible. It's the Word of God. But God put those words in the Bible so that we could learn from them and not repeat them. Amen? The Word of God is to be learned from and a lot of the bad situations is not to be repeated. King David had his servant killed so he could have his wife. The Bible is full of some messed up folks. Amen? From Samson, the list goes on and on and on and on. And those were people just like you and I that fall short but call out to God. That's what makes the difference. We're human. We're going to fail. But what we need to do is call out to God. That might be a good website, www, call out to God. But today's sermon, I, 
I got a lot wrote down, and I, I just hope I can get through it, but <laughs> I always do. <laughs> Somehow, sometimes I got to skip some of it, but that's okay. I, I want to read these verses right here, and then, then we're going to talk about them, okay? Um, and this is the story of Jacob. After Abraham had done his ill deeds and abandoned his faith in God at situations and times, this is his grandson. If you have grandkids, consider yourself blessed. Can all the grandparents in the room say amen? amen. I know the reason you're saying that because they're better than kids. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A lot of times... There's a lineage there of faith and a lineage of trust and a lineage of trust in God. But I want to speak about Jacob today, and this is Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. It says, That night Jacob got up and took his two wives. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Not really. Um, his two female servants... Two wives ain't enough. Now I've got two servants. It's, it's going good. And his 11 sons. Woo. And crossed the ford at Jabbok. And he had sent them across the stream, and he sent them over his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Sometimes you need to be alone. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. I'm glad JR's here this morning because we're talking about wrestling again. We had a sermon series a few years ago, and man, the kids come in dressed up like wrestlers, and it was awesome. We brought them in with lights flashing, and if, if you can go back and watch them, they're, they're a lot of fun. It was a, a good series. We're back on wrestling. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Sometimes when you get a hold of God, you need to hold on. Amen? Amen? Amen. And hold on tightly so much that he can't get away. He says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he'll go with us even to the end of the age, that he's going to be there. But sometimes his there is not noticeable. Amen? I know he's there, but I can't feel him. I know he's there, but I can't sense him. I know he's there, but I can't hear him. But he's there. When he's there, hold on. As I asked him, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. That word literally means deceiver. Wouldn't you love it if your name was deception? And you had to go around signing it everywhere, go in the bank, like to borrow some money. Ammon, I'm coming down. Well, what's your name, sir? Deception, Collier. It's probably not going to go over real good. 
Probably going to be a mess, right? His whole life, deception. And literally, he deceived, and it's because of the way he's born and all this stuff. Read into the story. I can't go through all that. That ain't in my notes, but it's just awesome. Oh, deceiver. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. God changes people's names all throughout the Bible. And Israel is a nation today. Think about this. Because of this declaration from God to an individual. I'll build a nation out of you. You have no idea my capabilities and my resources and what I can do. That's what God's saying. He's bigger than our, 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 what we're able to do. He's bigger than my abilities. Amen? Is he bigger than yours? If he's not, you've got the wrong God. Amen? The real God, the one true living God, is a God that can do the impossible. Impossible means it can't be done, but guess what? He can. Amen? So here it is. He changed his name from Jacob, the deceiver, to Israel, a nation. I will bring nations out of you. I'm going to bring things that you have no idea are even possible. You can't even see it right now. You just got to trust me. Israel shall be your name. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. The reason I am changing your name is because you have struggled with God and with humans. You hear me? He has struggled with God and with humans. Is there anybody in here that struggled with God? Amen. Grew up in church all my life. I remember making statements and saying, I don't believe there's a God. The Bible says it's a fool that says in his heart there's no God. I was a fool. Come on. It's truth. But in my youth, in my arrogance, in the days of my youth, I believed I was invincible. I believe I was the one in control. I believed I could fix some things. But the more I touched, the more I broke. Amen? Kind of like Howie's son. One of the biggest quotes I know from Scott Braxton is mine broke it. Couldn't even talk right when he was little. Didn't even know how to put words together in, in grammar. You know, he hadn't been to school yet. He'd be out there in the garage and tear up an anvil with a rubber mallet. You asked him, what happened? Mine broke it. Mine never broke anything. Mine broke stuff. I was out there one time and how he built his garage and got it all fixed up. Nice wood, you know, big, big shells and all this stuff for a nice place to put his vice. And got all his equipment on top of this bench and nice workbench and... Scott was over there. Howie was doing something else. I went in there, and Scott was over there with a drill. <laughs> Drilling holes right through them boards. <laughs> what happened, Scott? Mine broke it. Get out of anything. 
All you had to do was mine broke it. It's kind of cute, really. Anybody ever break anything? Mine broke it. Struggled with man. Anybody have any struggles with humans? I'd say JR's right. He says everybody does. And some of them's harder to deal with than others. Amen? Some people I like. Some people I don't like. Are, are we honest in church or are we going to stand up here and lie? I, I'm going to tell you the truth. And the truth is, I just don't like some folks. <laughs> Especially ones that break stuff. Struggle with God and struggle with man. And that was the condition for, jo for God to change his name and use him. If you don't believe you're a candidate for God to perform a miracle through your life, you're badly mistaken. It's time to rearrange your stinking thinking today and say, God, I know I'm a mess. Amen. I know I'm a mess. And you can change this heart of mine, this heart of stone, and you can make it a heart of flesh that beats once again, that believes in humanity once again. Amen. That God will change us from the inside out. And I love that, that God changed his name because he struggled. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied and he said, why do you seek my name? Why do you ask for my name? Then he just went ahead and blessed him. So Jacob, put this in your image here. Jacob's got a hold of him. Holding on for dear life. I've wrestled all night with this guy. I've wrestled with God. I've wrestled with man. I'm holding on. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to try my best to hold on to this situation because I feel that there's something happening and this is something symbolic. Amen? I'm holding on. And as he's holding on to this guy, he said, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. Guys, what's your name? Jacob, deceiver. Right? I'm still holding on. Told him my name. I'm a deceiver. I've got a hold of you. I'm, I'm, I, my deception has got a hold of you. And think about this. This is God in the flesh that come down to wrestle with him. This is an imagery of Jesus, a foreshadow of Jesus coming and humans latching onto his legs and saying, I'm not letting go. Amen. Speak the name of Jesus. Holding on for dear life. And he looks down. What's your name? My name's Deceiver. Not anymore. You got a hold of the right one now. Amen? You got a hold of the right one now. So as he's holding on, and then he looks up, and as he gets his name changed because he's been, uh, you know, wrestling with God and wrestling with man, now he looks up and says, well, what's your name? And it says, when, he asked, when Jacob... Got his new name, Israel. And he looks up and he says, now what's your name? It says, then he blessed him there. He doesn't say his name. Kind of like when Moses said, who am I going to go down there and tell all the people sent me? I am that I am sent you. What does that mean? I am whatever you need. Amen. 
I am whatever you feel. I am whatever you believe. I am the I am, the great I am. And think about God's name that he gave Moses coming out off that hill. And when Jacob, the great deceptor, becomes Israel and looks up at him, what's your name? Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. Wouldn't you like to be blessed by God? Amen. Blessed and highly favored. I remember a time in my life, Betty, where I walked around and people would look at me and they'd say, how are you getting all this accomplished? How are you getting these things done? How are you able to do what you're doing? I just say, I'm blessed and highly favored. It's been years since I've been saying that, Travis. I need to get back to it. Come on, somebody. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm a child of the King. Amen. I know in whom I believed, and I'm able to believe this. Why? Because He gave me the ability to believe it. I'm blessed and highly favored. You want to practice? She's beating you to the punch. The more you say it, the more you'll believe it. Amen. Speak truth over your life scripture says he wants to bless you he desires to bless his children Jesus said that in the sermon on the mount a father won't give his children bad gifts he's not going to he's not going to give them stones he's going to give them bread amen he desires to bless you and he looked down at this Israel a nation and said, I'm going, to, I'm going to make things happen. It's getting ready to come unloosed, amen? There's getting ready to be so much overflow, and there's going to be blessings rolling off of you, and you have no idea what I'm getting ready to turn around. You've been fighting with your brother for years. You've been shut out. You went to another nation to get away from him. I'm fixing to turn that situation around. I'm going to move some mountains, and you're going to watch and see what I will do, and just keep on walking. Amen? Just keep on talking and keep on believing and keep on trusting and keep on plowing. Why? Because a man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back ain't fit for the kingdom. Look forward. Move on. Go to the future. Yesterday's gone. So Jacob called the place Peniel and said, Because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. He should have killed me. I wasn't worth saving. I'm a wretched sinner, no good for nothing, rotten to the core. And I met Jesus face to face, and I wrestled with him all night. And he didn't say, you're worthless, you're useless, I can't use you. He said, I saw something in you. You may be sitting here today feeling like that. You're not good enough. That you can't measure up. That you fall short. That your life's a mess. I'm here to tell you today this story is for you. God Himself is meeting you in this place today. It says the sun rose above him as he was past Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. says, therefore, to this day, verse 32, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon.
changed the way the children of God ate their meal because of this touch. The children of Israel. Who's Israel? Jacob. Used to be a deceiver. Now I'm just a blessing. Used to be a liar. Now I'll just run around telling the truth. Come on, somebody. Used to be one to cheat and to steal. Now I'm the one to walk around and giving, just blessed, overflowing. Amen. I got more than I need, and I'm just going to pour it out. Why? Because God has given me too much. Amen. I didn't have to steal what I got. Why? Because God has blessed me. People that steal think they have to steal so that they can get by and maintain. But that deception is not your future. The blessing is. Amen. There's so many stories in Scripture where individuals would come to God with nothing. The woman, the little widow, come to him, and she had those pots that time in the Old Testament story. And those pots, the more she gathered, he said, the prophet come and said, get those pots out because God's getting ready to pour out some oil. Amen. God's getting ready to pour out a blessing that you ain't got room enough to contain. Get the pots ready. And can you imagine her going around all over the house and seeing those old dusty bowls that hadn't been used in years? They're living in a famine and getting them out and setting them out and washing them off and getting them prepared and ready because God's getting ready to do something. Just get the junk out. Get your emptiness out. Get your brokenness out. Set it before God and watch and see what He can do on the inside of you. And the Bible says that when the oil began to flow, when that oil began to pour out, that that first pot was filling to the brim, Rick. And she looked over and she grabbed another and she put it under the faucet and she put it under the spout where that oil was coming. And she got another one and she got another one. And it says the oil continued until the last pot was filled. Our God will fill us. Your emptiness is not a problem for Him. Your brokenness is not a problem for Him. Your sin is not a problem for Him. We're supposed to be talking about walking, and here it is, 1119. I just barely got the verses read. I got three more points here. I got 11 minutes, we'll get it done. 1 Timothy 4.8, For bodily exercise profiteth little. How many likes that verse? Amen. Bodily exercise profits little. Thank God I don't have to exercise. It's, it's the Bible. Come on, somebody. If you can't get behind that one, if you can't amen that one, I don't know what I can do for you. I'm up against it. For bodily, that's Paul telling Timothy. That's awesome. For bodily exercise profits little. I guess it don't profit none, just a little. Nothing wrong with being healthy. I think there's more to that too. He tells us to be wise. The verse goes on and says, But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Paul's telling Timothy, you can work out. You can do push-ups. You can do set-ups. You can join the boxing team. All that's good. But there's more to life than that. Come on, somebody. 
I believe there's wisdom in taking care of these bodies because we're a temple of God. And I, I can't do what Elizabeth does. Can I, Ryan? Well, Ryan beat her to 5K. He beat her to 5K one time, so I, I bet you can't beat her lifting, though. <laughs> and I love seeing people be passionate about stuff and, and go after it. Because when we discipline ourselves in those natural things, it gives us a clear enough head to be disciplined in our spiritual things. Come on, somebody. Laziness and idleness is not good. We, we don't need to idle. We've got a plow in front of us. God's doing things. Or do we have to hold the plow or not? Are we watching to see what he's going to do or not? So I've got, I got to do this. And i got this under my story time. When I was a kid, Dad always made us cut firewood because he loves cutting firewood. He thinks it's a fun thing to cut firewood. It didn't transfer to me, Derek. I didn't, I didn't get that. How he got that, Gene? He loves cutting firewood, don't he? He wore you guys out when you was out there logging inside of him. He'd be over there every lunchtime. They'd come back, and how he'd be over cutting firewood because it's fun. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that works. Anyway, we was, we was down the barn, and Dad had drug these trees in the barn, and I, I, I was in middle school. I don't know how old I was, but at some point in middle school. And, and I, I remember there was a big limb coming off of it, kind of jagged, and, and I had a hold of it. And somehow, when Dad was cutting it, I, I thought I was going to be able to just transfer it down. It transferred all right. <laughs> when he cut it, it transferred me to the ground, and it on top of me. And it jacked my hip, literally. It says wrenched his hip in here, wrenched it. Went places it shouldn't go. Come on, somebody. So when that happened, every now and then, I'll get to a certain position, and it ain't always, but there's a position where I can get in that I can feel my hip. This was 30 years ago. And there's a place in my hip that still causes that memorance to come back to that time, and I can still picture that barn. It's been tore down years ago. The double-A highway come through, tore down the barn. But in my mind, it's still real. I tried to use it for excuse with Coach Riley, Miss Gaunts. Some of y'all know who I'm talking about. Yeah, they, they didn't take it. They didn't take my excuses. I was like, my... My hip is wrenched, man. Come on. I, with firewood, and it's, I'm not going to be able to run today. Well, try. Come on, somebody. I'm just not a good runner. Stephen Smite could always run. I, I can tell you all the people's names in my class that could run. I couldn't run. I got two left feet or something. I'm, I'm not good at that. I, I'll never forget. In gym class, they looked at me and said, if you can't run, then walk. Better than doing nothing, right? I wanted to go over and sit down on the bench. If you can't run, then walk. Even if you're walking with a limp, stiff-legged, hip hurting, pain, just, get, just walk. 
That's a pretty good thing for a physical therapist to tell somebody to do. Just walk, right? Even if you're hurting. And poor old patients, been through hip surgery, hip replacement, you tell them to get up and walk. <laughs> Just get up and walk. It's like, are you serious? This, this hurts right now. Yeah. Even with a limp, keep on walking. Amen? Because the second you sit down and stop moving, you're going to get really stiff. And with that limp that you walk, you're going to be known by it. God had wrenched his hip socket to the point that he was walking with a limp. And sometimes you got to walk and walk by faith even when it hurts. Good? Walk with Jesus is pretty tough sometimes, ain't it? Never break your heart when you let him down. Does me hurts, don't it? But he don't say quit walking. He says walk by faith. Faith in the Son of God. That by him dying on the cross of Calvary, and being dead and buried in the tomb for three days, and rising again, spending 40 days with the disciples, and going up in a cloud to heaven. Believe that. Washed your sins away. You can't clean yourself up. Amen? You look like a mess. That's okay. It's okay, Amber. You can be a mess. God still loves you. He just wants you to walk. Walk by faith. You good? Don't get nervous. I got this wrote down. I'm walking by faith even if others tell me I look foolish. Look at that boy over there limping around. Says he can't run. Says, says it hurts too much. Got 15,000 reasons why it can't. But when we're walking by faith, it may look foolish to others, but you got to keep walking. Amen, Corey? Keep on walking. Even when others tell you, it looks like you look like a fool. Trusting in a God that you can't see. Trusting in a God that I can't hear. It looks foolish. It sounds foolish. But you got to keep on walking, Travis. I may be limping, but I'm just going to keep on walking. I wrote this down, come hell or high water, I'm going to keep on walking. How many's got some hell tries to raise up in your life? Amen. When the floods of life come in, amen, there's scriptures about that, that floods try to come and consume you to take and make it look like it's impossible to get out of situations. Better you've been through some floods. It made you move your home. Amen. Floods come, but you got to keep on walking. Amen. You don't just lay down in the field and say, I'm done, I'm tired of fighting, it ain't worth it anymore, I'm giving up, I'm throwing in the towel. It's too much. This Christian walk, this limping walk, this foolish-looking walk is too much. And I'm just going to throw in the towel and say, I, I'm tired of trying. That's what the devil wants you to think. Come hell or high water, I'm going to keep on walking. Amen. Come at me, bro. I'm walking. I may be limping, but I'm still walking. 
You can look at those people around you, and you've got friends, you've got neighbors, you've got colleagues, you've got people in, in your life, in your surroundings, that think you're a fool for believing in Jesus. And you're walking with a limp, and they are behind your back making fun, ridiculing, and saying every reason why they don't believe what you believe. Right, Earl? But guess what you got to do? Keep on walking. I'm going to walk on with a limp. And it may not be fancy, and it may not be anything else. But I loved a few years ago, I watched T.D. Jakes preach a message about something like this and along this story. And he said, you know what? Sometimes you've got to turn your limp into a strut. Amen? Put your shoulders back, your chest out, your head held high. Know who you are in Jesus. Amen? And say, it may look like I'm limping, but now it looks like I'm strutting. Why? Because I know in who I believed. I know that he's able to keep what I've trusted to him. I'm going to strut my way through this. It may look like a limp. It may be a limp, but I'm going to make it look like a strut because God told me I can. I wish God had some walkers in here. As T.D. Jake says, up in here. Now, I'm not talking about walking dead, Ann. <laughs> Say it. You drug my wife out and took them down to walking dead events. and Everybody remembers walking dead a few years ago. Everybody watched it. How many's watched Walking Dead? I want to see it. Raise a hand in here right now. Who's watched Walking Dead? Maybe just one show. You've, you've seen it know what it is. Okay. Walking Dead. And there's walkers. Walkers, right? So they're walkers. They're walking. And they're even dragging their feet. They can't run. They got to keep on walking, though, don't they? They're dead inside, but they're not dying. Right? That's not what Jesus is looking for. <clears throat> he don't want you walking around with death on the inside, no life, nothing to live for, and got a glazed over look in your eye and just meandering through life just ah. Come on now. If you're going to walk, walk. Amen. If you're going to do this thing, do this thing. If you're going to be a Christian, get all in. Say, God, here's my life. I give you my mess. Make it a message. It's a message about your son and his forgiveness. Look what he can do that this little boy that grew up up on Briary Creek. What can he do? He can do impossible things. There was people that would say, Ben Collier will never do that. Amen. <laughs> Amen corner right here on the front row. Went from first grade to the twelfth grade. Whether she knows me. We've rode a lot of miles. Amen, in the car. Me and Joe Don hang out, and it's just, she's really one of the guys. <laughs> but she always brought a life to the party. She wasn't a dead man walking. She'd live it to the best. That's what a lot of church attendees look like today, strolling around with no purpose, biting and infecting others with their death bug. How many's tired of that kind of religion? A religion of death, of no life. Amen. Because when I'm walking with my anxiety 
and my fears and my distress and all these things that Betty told us that we need to speak the name of Jesus over. Amen? When we're walking around with that, we're biting on others and infecting them, and it's rubbing off. Leslie preached a message one time and tied two garbage bags to her side, literal garbage from the house, tied it to her belt loops, and walked around the church, and as she was walking around preaching, she was hitting people with nasty, dirty, infected garbage. Amen. We need him to clean us up. Amen. I'm not saying you're going to be perfected and you'll never have any garbage tied to your side. You're going to have it. Live in this thing long enough, Sister Joanne. There's mountains and valleys, isn't there? There's times and there's seasons where we can feel the presence of God. And there's times and seasons where I don't know where he's at. I might be walking with lip. But I'm walking alive. And this life is a life of freedom. Amen. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm an overcomer what? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Are you telling anybody about Him? It's coming up to Easter, Bubba. Are you set free? Have you been washed clean? By the blood of the Lamb? If you haven't, you need to be. I'm living a life of blessing. I'm living a life of salvation. I'm living a life of healing. He's healed my body. I remember one time I had some uh, sickness and I was dealing with some things and I'm not going to talk about it, but I, I went to a church service with Billy Howe up in, up in Willersburg, Ohio, and he said, let's go to the, I hear there's a revival going on, and I went up there, and I remember the guy standing up front and saying, if you need prayer, walk up here and we're going to pray for healing tonight. And I remember walking up there wondering if God would do it. He might touch everybody else, but he's going to touch me. But I walked up there in obedience because the guy said, come on up. And guess what? I walked back to my seat healed and touched by God. I knew it in an instant. It happened. It was real. Nobody can cause me to doubt that because I've experienced it. Amen? So like in the Valley of Dry Bones, Dusty preached this message a few years ago, maybe last year. I, I tried to look at my notes to find it. I, I found the note, but it, when I clicked it, it redated it. So now I don't know. I think it was in July last year, literally, though. Prophet in Old Testament, God told him to speak to the Valley of Dry Bones. Dead things. He said, speak life to them. He said those bones begin to rattle. And I love it when Dusty talked about that and some things we need to do, but I was thinking about it in this case that since it's about wrestling and WWW and we talked about wrestling with God a minute ago, who knows the best wrestler ever, in my opinion, um, kind of blonde-headed, ball-headed, kind of like me. Maybe I need to grow a mullet. I'd look really good with one, right? Diet blonde. Hulk Hogan, that's my favorite, man. Andre the Giant, going to take him out. Just like David and Goliath, right? The big guy's going to take the little guy out. But guess what? I remember they just prepped us for that JR forever. It seemed like that trilogy went on and on and on and on, and they never fought, and they'd come out and act like they going to and run back in the back. And It's like, man, when are they ever going to get to it here? And finally one night, I don't remember if it's 
rumble or whatever, tumble in the jungle. They got all these names. I don't know. And finally, they get in the ring, Rick. And you remember that? Him and them big fancy yellow underwear. Come on, it gives you imagery. Andre the Giant, those big old black bloomers. He didn't wear them low riders. He had them up over his stomach. Can you see it? Can anybody, anybody ever watch that? You got an image right now with me. Okay. You get up in the ring and it looks like this. And Andre the Giant, you know, he's just wearing Hulk Hogan out and he's got him down and he's got him down for the count. And, and, and on top of him, this giant, enormous blob of whatever he was laying on top of my man. Amen. Mean Gene Oakland out there with the microphone ready to give the announcement of who's going to win. They've already wrote it off, right? Oh, no, Hawk's going down. He's my man. One, two. And then the ref raises his hand and waits for 15 seconds. <laughs> Come on now. And underneath of that big pile of blob, you see that little yellow head go to quivering and shaking. Dennis, are you with me? I got some folks in the house now. We got some attention here. And he goes to shaking. Next thing you know, he goes to flopping. Knocks big Andre off of him. Gets up. Andre the Giant goes over in the corner. This big, massive human goes over in the corner. And he looks at Hulk Hogan's eyes. And he sees a fire inside of there. And when he sees that fire, he backs up to the corner and says, Whoa, no. Starts shaking his head. No. Can anybody follow what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. This wasn't what I signed up for. Amen. He saw something in him that scared him. Hulk standing there, hair swinging in the air. If you're going to do it, you might as well make it look good, baby. He goes over and walks up to that giant. And what everybody thought was impossible was nobody can ever body slam Andre the Giant the impossible in wrestling Hulk Hogan goes over gets a hold of him picks him up well, I'm kind of imagining it it's probably getting expanded by the story the longer you go you know the better they get and he just rears him up just power drives him on the ground gets on top of him one two three it's over Hulk Hogan the champion of the world is anybody happy about Hulk Hogan winning and not Andre the Giant? Maybe I'm in the wrong building. Let's put ourselves in that situation. You and me, we're Hulk Hogan. Amen? Andre the Giant, that's the devil. Amen? He's been wearing you out. Sometimes you wrestle with God. Sometimes you wrestle with man. Amen. And in the middle of that wrestling, sometimes the enemy shows up and causes you to be just filled with fear. And I'm sure Hulk Hogan was probably scared of him, even though he knew the outcome, and even though that he knew they had a script played out. Amen. It's a different ballgame where you got 470 pounds laying on top of you. I'd be scared. And that's the imagery of us in a fight with the devil in that ring. And we're all dead men walking. Amen? We're dead men walking. 
Without Christ, we're dead men walking. We're born into sin. And in that sin is death. It's enmity with God. It's hatred towards God. And as we're walking, and we're walking dead men like those mummies on Walking Dead. And we're like Hulk Hogan that thinks we can do it ourselves. But you're in the middle of this fight and when it gets rough and it gets tough and it gets down and they've counted to two, what are you going to do? There's got to be something on the inside that causes you to begin to shake. Amen? I wish somebody just tense up with me about right now. Amen? Just go ahead and make a fist, why don't you? You feel your heart beating right now? There's something on the inside of me. There's something jittery going on in this room right now. I'm walking with a lip. I've listened to this. I've placed myself in these situations. I know what God's talking about. I know what Pastor Ben's saying today. And I'm one of those people. And here I am, and I feel the jitters. Begin to shake right now. And shake something off of you. Shake that imagery off of you. Say, I'm tired of walking in death. I want to walk in life. I want to walk in blessing. I want to walk that I no longer curse, but I bless beyond measure that people will be dumbfounded by what God is able to do when I give Him my life. I'm walking with the limp, but I'm still walking, Miss God's. And I'm sure she was proud of me because I could have told her, no, I'm not. She could have probably paddled me with my bad hip. I got a lot of them. But I listened to her that day. She wasn't no physical therapist. She was a health PE coach. And a coach is different than a dictator. A coach will get you to do things that you don't think you can. He'll get you to do things you don't think you can. I'm telling you, Little League season's here and it excites me. Amen. This is my coach right here. In Little League, he was my coach. Chuck was my coach. I wasn't no good. I, I pretty much sucked, really. I mean, I just put it plainly. I just sucked. But coach David, they, they wouldn't let you just hang out in the dugout. Yeah, I had the team shirt. and I had all that. But he wasn't going to let me do that. And I remember we made it all the way to the final game. In the playoff game, whatever it is, I don't even know. But when you're a kid, it's like it's a big deal. And it is a big deal. I remember I was hiding in the dugout at the very end because I knew what they was going to do. Because my dad worked all the time. My brother hated the sport. I'd throw balls to myself. I remember pretending in my mind to be a pitcher. Down the field by the barn. I'd swing my bat. There's a junker that mom and dad bought us at the flea market. I was hiding in the end of that dugout and it come my turn to bat. And I remember Chuck saying, you're going to go to bat. And I said, no, I'm not. I did. I said, no, I'm not. And literally, I don't know if you remember this, but I do really well. It's keen in my mind. Chuck said, you're going to go bat. And I said, no, I'm not. 
that pitcher out there is good. He's going to hit me in the head with that ball. Anybody have that kind of energy when you're out there batting? Looks like the ball's always going to hit you right in the forehead or something. It never does, but in your mind, you think it's going to. Finally, they said, you're going out there. The team, it's your turn, and you're going out there. Derek, I didn't want to. I remember walking out through there, my legs quivering. I probably did look like I had a limp that day. A little bit of kick, and a, a, a ball, whatever it was, and walking out through there, and I was thinking, oh no, this is not gonna be good. Stood there at the plate, hoping I got it right. You know, lift up your elbow. And in my mind, I knew it wasn't gonna go right. How many knows, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. You think you're going to fail. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to fail. I stand there. I think it was the third pitch. I don't remember ball strikes, whatever it was, but it was. I think it was the third pitch. And I reared back and gave it everything I had, just like I was behind the barn and nobody was watching. And I connected with that ball. I hadn't hit a ball all my life. And in the biggest moment of my life, I swung and I hit that ball. And when I hit that ball, I heard that dang. I was like, I haven't heard that before. And I'm not good at running. So I go tearing, heading towards the base. And literally, as I was running towards the base, I was watching that ball. Running over through there. Out of breath, on the first. Looking up in the air. And there was this boy from Vanceburg. Wouldn't you know them central kids? He jumped, it looked like 30 feet in the air, off of second base and caught that ball. Now, I ain't going to tell you that I didn't pray he would fall and drop it. You know what? I hit the ball. And I knew my coach was proud of me. Even when I walked back over there, that dugout, knowing it's better than what I expected. And our team didn't win. But at least it made the ball hit. And sometimes that matters. Winning is not everything. It's the lessons you learn in the midst of those storms. And as you just stand out there behind the barn and you think nobody's paying attention... We have a heavenly father that's up in heaven looking down and saying, I'm proud of that little poor boy down there hiding behind the back of that barn hoping nobody sees him because he looks crazy bouncing a basketball. Swinging a baseball bat. I got to quit. Leslie's been playing for 10 minutes. I'm in trouble. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes with me? hope and pray that something in this today makes sense to you. I'm going to send out, I'm, I'm going to post it online on, on our Facebook channel and, and, every, and YouTube and everything I can find the, the church has. And I want you to promise me you'll go watch this video. It's a video and it's really good for Easter and it's a song 
it says there ain't no grave going to hold my body down it's a really old song and I love it it's one of them really awesome songs and, but there's a little girl named Molly Skaggs from eastern Kentucky she's the daughter of Ricky Skaggs grew up in eastern Kentucky and she's out in California at one of the biggest churches in the nation and she gets up on a stage with her eastern Kentucky accent and her little bit of guitar there's thousands of people there and I've, I've shared it before but I'm going to share it again because I want you to listen and she talks about there ain't no grave going to hold my body down ain't no grave going to hold this body down and at the end of the song and it's eight minutes long I want you to listen to all of it but at the end of the eight minutes she goes into this cadence where she's strumming and singing and playing and it says the way she words it is if he walks out of the grave, I'm a walking too. If he walks out of the grave, I'm a walking too. And there needs to be some walkers in this place today. And I, I just wondered if there's anybody in this house feels like you're a walker. I'm talking about a faith walker. I'm talking about a walker that has trust in God after hearing this today to say, God is fixing to do something in my life. I can feel it. I can sense it. I know it. I know that He is near me. He's moving right now. I feel like Hulk Hogan. There's butterflies on the inside of me jittering. And I feel like the enemy's had me weighed down. I'm on the mat. They're counting. It's two. And here's my time. The referee's hand hasn't slapped yet. And I feel like something's jarring me to get up out of my seat and go to walking. We're going to walk out of this place in a minute. I want you to walk out of here in confidence and trust and knowing that God Himself is doing something through you. If you don't know Him as your Savior today, today's the day. All you got to do is give Him your life. And there's no special prayer. There's nothing in the Bible that tells you exactly what you have to pray. The Bible says He hears the prayers of His people. And when we call out in repentance and asking Him to forgive us for our junk, for our faults, for our mess-ups, it says He's willing and able. And He will come. He'll answer those prayers. So if you don't know Him today, nobody looking around. Everybody head bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around. Is there anybody here today? You don't know Him. Maybe you've known Him and you've walked away. I just want us to pray and pray with you. As you make a decision today to trust Him, that you want to walk with Him. That's you in this place today. You're willing to give him your life. I just want you to lift up your hand and say, God, I've made a mess out of things and I'm ready to give you my life. Amen. Anybody else? There's others in here. Just give him your life. I trust you with my life. Amen. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? There's others here. If you just, if maybe you've walked away from him, you've abandoned him, and you know you've let him down, and you feel him touching you today, and you know you need to come back home, just lift up your hand and say, That's me. I'm going to give him my life. Anybody else? 
Let's all pray together with these that raise their hands. There's people in the room making a decision to go to heaven and live forever with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's pray together. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins, for my faults, for my failures, for my slip-ups. Make all things new. Give me a clean slate. Help me to go to heaven and be with you in eternity forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.